everyone, and welcome to this mini episode of Dogs Unknown. I'm your host, Sarah Frazier, here with fellow host, Brian Burton. And uh, yeah, we're doing a series of mini episodes for the summer. We took July off to off being a off in quotes, I guess. We'll yeah. fill you in on that in a little bit. But yes, and back to do some shorter episodes for August and September before we come back with season four. In, yes. uh, in October. So very happy to be here. And I think we have some good, some good little topics lined up over the next little while, including several episodes with instinct clients as guests that I think people will really, really yeah, enjoy. Totally. Yeah. But before we dive into the episode, um, Brian, do you want to fill people in on what we've been up to for the month of July? It's not been summer fun necessarily. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been busy. Uh, we moved from New York City to Nova Scotia. And that might seem a little odd to people, I guess, hearing that, especially people who don't really know much about us. I think most people in the dog world know that we own, um, that we're the co-founders of Instinct and our facility, the New York facility is ours. We have multiple facilities across the, the country with like different local owners. And uh, we had a daughter six or seven months ago now and uh, decided that through that process, it might be good to be around family. So we, uh, we packed up and moved and we are back in Nova Scotia. So that's why our Dunkin' Donuts coffees have switched to Tim Hortons coffees. So. <laughs> and I guess, yes, goes without saying with all of that, that Brian and I both were born in and grew up in Nova Scotia, Canada before we moved to New York decades ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so New York is also still home, but we have relocated to one of our other homes now, Nova Scotia. So that, yes, our daughter Sylvie can spend more time around her cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents. Yeah, absolutely. And for those New York City clients, just so you know, we do have another part owner there, mm-hmm. uh, Trina Walsh, who's amazing and runs that facility as Sarah and I really over the past number of years have been focused on growing instinct and doing other things. So we're not really an on-site presence, but uh, we'll still be involved in all the ways that we usually are. We're just in Nova Scotia to have Sylvie around family. So mm-hmm. super exciting. Adjusting to Canada life. Yeah. And so far, it's windy. The snacks, A plus. Yeah, yeah. The chip situation is definitely <laughs> A plus here. Candy bars in Canada get a nod, yes. in my opinion. Yes. But there are a lot of things we sure do miss about New York City. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's also very windy here. <laughs> very windy. <laughs> it is. And very cloudy. Okay. So all that being said, <laughs> since that, this is a mini episode, and we promise not to talk about the clouds every episode, um, <laughs> let's move forward. So one of the things we wanted to talk about today was about, I guess it's been a couple of months ago now, Brian was back in May, Yep, May the 4th, actually, mm-hmm. that we posted a video on our Instinct uh, Instagram account called How Not to Pet a Dog. Yes. And that video starred Helper Dog Moses, and it reviewed... Five simple things to try to avoid doing when greeting a dog to make sure that the dog stays comfortable and that you stay safe. And uh, that video has got gotten over 2 million views at this point yep. and got a whole bunch of engagement, a lot, a lot of comments, some really great, some really interesting, and some really uh, truthfully just kind of made me sort of sad. Yeah, I would and, agree with that. And we thought it would be a really good opportunity to talk about, for one, wh- why this video is important to all of us as dog owners. But then secondly, how it's kind of an example of one of the tricky things about dogs and living with dogs is that because they're so familiar to us, because we feel like we know them so well, 
it can leave us in a position where there's big blind spots in our actual knowledge and understanding of their behavior and what they need. And when we're confronted with that, maybe there's been a misunderstanding. There can be different reactions to that. We can have different reactions or responses to that. Yeah. I think we've all run up against that as, as folks with dogs, especially if we've gone on a training or a behavior journey. There have probably been times where we've been confronted with new information and thought, oh, shoot. I, I My perception of that was totally different. So starting off just about the how not to greet a dog, the actual video. Mm-hmm. Um, so so some of the, the, I think there were five. Yeah. The five knots. Yeah. And for anyone who haven't, who hasn't seen the video, we'll we'll put the link in our, yes, uh, in in the show notes. So you definitely go watch it first. Um, Yes, definitely. So the five don'ts were the old, uh, extending the back of your hand out toward a dog for them to sniff, you know, really kind of exaggerated. I was taught this. Were you as well? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think we all were as like, this is a safe way to not just reach out and pet. The intent was don't just reach out and pet a dog. Good intent, not so great in practice. Yeah. But so reaching the hand out to pet a dog, there's the lean over, leaning over a dog to say hello, the face cuddle. Yeah. That's a scary one. A lot of bites there. Mm -hmm. The hug. We love to hug dogs. Mm -hmm. They're not so much a fan, even though a lot of them are a fan of cuddles and other types of attention. Um, Did I miss one? Was that four? I think that was four. The lean over, the face cuddle. The head pat. Oh, the head pat. Yes. The head pat was the other one. Yeah. Um, So thump, thump, thump. Yes. On the head. Um, So those are the five. And these are not universal. There's going to be an exception out there. But more often than not, even if it's a listing from you, the response of like, hey, but my dog loves that. They may. The potentially more likely scenario is that your dog tolerates that type of greeting, or they may have other types of greetings that they prefer more, but they put up with that because they love you so much or they love people so much that they're like, eh, my human doesn't really know my favorite ways of greeting, but that's okay because I love them and I'll let it go. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to that, Brian, before we get into sort of the different types of responses and comments. I think I'm good. You're good? Yep. Okay. So I don't know if there were any there listed that were surprising to you all. Like I said, the, the extended hand to sniff, I think is the one that evoked a lot of emotion from people. Yeah, it did. Most consistently because it's been presented as a safe alternative to help dogs feel more comfortable, right? Dogs love to sniff, give them an opportunity to sniff your hand. And, uh, but, but I think some of the other ones too, things like the hug, people take great offense to. Yes. Um, you know, the like, I don't tell me I can't hug my dog sort of, sort of response that can be challenging. But yeah, so I think there were, there were a few different themes in the comments. There were lots and lots of people that said like, uh, well, first there was a whole set of people that said, thank you so much. My dog will be very appreciative of people receiving this information because folks identified with seeing in their own dog, like, hey, my dog struggles with those types of greetings with people. So I would love it if people knew to avoid these handful of things when greeting a dog, right? Like my dog really finds it yucky to be thumped on the head or my dog really struggles if someone leans over into their space or, you know, if they reach a hand out into their personal space, they have a hard time. So that was a collection of comments of people, I think, just feeling seen and feeling like their own dog was represented. Totally. Then there was a set of comments that were like, wow, this is so helpful. Thank you. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that this, this was the, the case. And, uh, and so thanks, you know, great yep. info. 
The next two sets of categories, and certainly I'm all for, you know, we love happy debates and disagreements. You know, it's a, it's fun to have those certainly, but the, the next sets of comments. So one was this dangerous, the, the whole personal anecdote experience. There was yeah. a lot of folks who shared, Hey, I've always done X and it's never been a problem for me personally, meaning I've never been bitten, not necessarily. And all the dogs loved it, but, and I've always been fine. And therefore it's not an issue. And that's really hard because, I mean, we only have our personal experiences to go on a lot of times, right? Like it's going to shape a lot of our perspective about stuff. But but that's challenging. You know, that's a it's just because something has never personally been a problem for you doesn't make it not true. And I don't know you, Brian, I think I feel like we run up with this. We run up against this a lot with um, clients who have dogs who come to them or who grow into certain behavior challenges yeah. And if they have friends or family or acquaintances or people on the street who've never personally had that experience with a dog, they have a hard time. They get a lot of pushback about like it either it must not be that bad or you must just be doing something wrong, you know, or yeah, you're it, exaggerating yeah. or you know, they just don't quite believe it because they haven't experienced it themselves. And that's really hard. Yeah, it's it's super hard and it puts people in really awkward situations and sometimes like dangerous situations as well. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I personally find it one of the more frustrating issues could be, and cause at the end of the day, like you might even disagree, whatever, but I think what's important is even if you disagree that this dog is comfortable or like this is comfortable, if an owner tells you that their dog is uncomfortable with it, whether you agree or not, mm -hmm. like back the F off. Yeah. Like, that's not your call. Like, they're telling you that their dog is uncomfortable with something. So if they're telling you that, even if you disagree with them, just listen. The The worst case scenario there is far more extreme than the best case scenario on the other side. So I don't know. Like, that that's sort of how I feel. And I feel like that's where my frustration comes a lot is this isn't about you. Like, it's not about you, mm -hmm. right? Uh, especially if, if it's a dog that's not, that is not your dog. Like, that is not your call to make. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I get that sort of knee jerk response too of someone saying to you, especially if you consider yourself someone who really loves dogs or who maybe is good or like skilled with dogs. And if someone confronts you with information saying, like, hey, what you're doing is less than ideal. Yeah. Then defenses go up, right? Like, that's so normal mm -hmm. for us to just kind of get defensive and say, like, well, hey, it's not, not been a problem for me. Yeah. I disagree with you. You know, um, although it's usually not, I disagree with you. It's just a really emphatic wrong. <laughs> God, the comments. <laughs> Those are my favorite. <laughs> the comments that just said wrong. And there, there was a few of them. It yeah. was just like, you know, and yeah. again, like people can disagree. I mean, I don't, you know, that's. Of course. You know, but. I think it's being open to the idea that just because you haven't personally had this experience. Doesn't necessarily make it untrue or doesn't make it. Yeah. That it's not true for a lot of other people or a lot of other dogs. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing is just like, there, are there dogs who like head thumps? I'm sure there's like a few out there that do like it. Are there some dogs who like hugs? There's probably some who do like that out there or in certain contexts. And and I want to say, though I just want to say this because I hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. A hug means you reaching out into the dog's space and squeezing them. Right. I'm. We're not referring to a dog who likes to come in and lean against you and maybe lean into your arm and get some snuggles right. like that. It's you walking up to them, 
putting your arms around them and giving them a squeeze. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is even if like, let's just say your dog is one of the, the one <laughs> in a 10,000 that like that, the other 9,999 don't. Right. And at best case, they're going to tolerate it. And worst case, they're going to do something about it. Yeah. And so, uh, and we've seen that. I mean, I, that's the other thing too, is like, we've worked with thousands and thousands and thousands of dogs. We've worked with people where they come in after a bite happens or we've worked with mm-hmm. people and a bite happens. And there are countless examples of bites that happen because they don't follow the gu- the reasonable guidelines of an owner. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, especially like, like face cuddling is an example, like telling someone like, don't face cuddle my dog and constantly sticking their face in the, like, like in the dog's face, like all weekend. Mm-hmm. And finally on the Sunday, it's like the dog's had enough and it's like, get lost. Yeah. You know, and then unfortunately then it's like the, the dog takes all the blame for it. Yeah. Or, or the owner. And it's really frustrating. So I think that's also like where we're coming from, from that perspective. And also it's just sort of like, if we suspect a dog doesn't like something to keep doing it over and over, like, and and I get like, if it's your own dog, like there's always like within a relationship, there's social. There can be a bit of a give and take there. Right. Like I like doing this. You don't love it, but we kind of do it for each other. I don't like picking up your poop either or like doing different things. Like I'm going to do certain things for you that, you know, um, cause we kind of have that give and take. It's a different relationship, but if it's a dog, we don't have a relationship with it's a, it's a, it's selfish. Well, I think that leads us into that next yeah. collection of comments. Right. Right. So, so there were the folks who said, I haven't had that personal experience. So not true. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's, there was another whole set of comments and, and those ones I understand, right? Like that's, especially you're like, you're watching a video on Instagram right? Like you've not sought out educational content or necessarily, and it comes across your feed and someone just fires off like, nope, not right. Not my experience. Like we, you know, you expect those yeah, and you just put out more and more information and you hope that, that it lands at a certain point in some time. And maybe you've planted a seed and if they see that info again, then I might be like, Hmm, maybe they're onto something here, mm-hmm. you know? But the last set of comments are the ones that I think I found largely just sad. Very, you know, I mean, like made me feel sad And those are the comments where people basically just said, I don't give a shit how the dog feels. I'm going to greet them how I want. Yeah. Right. There's like this sense of entitlement that comes with our relationships with dogs that some folks have, that some people have, that's just like, this is a dog. The dog is mine or dogs are public property and we should be able to do with them as as we wish. Mm-hmm. And that just sucks. Yeah. Like those are not, those are just such yucky comments, you know, uh, in terms of like what they reflect as yeah. a perspective and a viewpoint around dogs. I think especially cause we always tend to view like, you know, people do love their dogs for the most part. People love dogs so much. Nothing about that comment reflects that you love dogs. No, it doesn't. Absolutely not. And, and there were quite a few of those. There were, you know, and I was actually a little, I mean, I know the internet's a, strange place, but I did not expect to see so many of those. Yeah. It just, but I think it also highlights like how important it is for messages like this to get out and like be like, this is a, uh, this is like a point in time where like being an advocate for dogs is really important. And the good news is, is like most people are receptive to it. Like, like most people are like, Oh, I did. I 
didn't realize that or like, oh, really? Like when I've done when I've done it, when I suck my hand, they're like they sniff my hand and then mm-hmm. come in for more. Like you can have like nuanced discussions about it. Absolutely. And most people are are interested. And there's lots of people saying, oh wow, like I didn't know that. I'm gonna do do things differently. So I think that's that's the good news. But I will say if if you run if if you have a family member or a friend who kind of falls more in that other one and doesn't take your doesn't take your guidelines about how to interact with your dog, whether they have a bite history or not. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. even talking about dogs with, you know, dogs with bite history require a whole other set of management and and things. But let's just put that to the side. Even if your dog likes people and Mm -hmm. you know someone's interacting with them in a way that they don't like, it's okay to tell, like to step in and like remove your dog from those situations. Yes. And, And like your dog will thank you for it. Yeah. Because it, like, I think the thing is too, is like, just because a dog doesn't bite doesn't mean that they're enjoying themselves. Right. Right. And that's where too, I think, you know, dog body language, I know we talk about that a lot, but like, if you watch that video, like there's nothing in Mo's body language that he enjoys. Absolutely not. Because there were even some people saying like, I think there was even some comments that he would, he seems like he likes it or something. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, and, and it's. Well, in um, that one, that's another window to say like. Hey, that that's a lot easier to understand. Like, oh, you're actually just, and there are different species, right? Like we don't come knowing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you perceive him as enjoying those interactions, why would you think there's anything wrong with those types of interactions? Right. You know, so that really is like, that's the education piece is like, oh, we're, you're just missing a set of information about the ethogram of a different species. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally Totally fair. You know, totally and, fair. And honestly, like, like even in the early days when I trained dogs, I didn't, I, I wasn't as attuned to it as Mm-mm. I am now. Like, yeah. I feel like now it's more like it's, they're big, it's like really loud communication. Mm-hmm. And if you really train yourself to listen for it, it's, it's it's a really nice skill to have because you feel like, you know, your dog can tell you things. Right. But it's not super intuitive. No. And you do have to practice it and you do have to like, you know, watch some YouTube videos on body language or go to the dog park and watch like if you really, if like, you know, cause there's lots of people who like find this stuff really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so like, whether you have like dogs around that you can sort of watch them and watch their body language when they're interacting with each other yep. or interacting with someone else or go, like, you know, be the creep at the dog park and sit outside and watch the dog, like watch the body language in the dogs mm-hmm. at a dog park. Like that's, I mean, that's one of the ways I think we learned a lot mm-hmm. way, way back early on. It's like, you can really, you're like, okay, I saw well, his tail went back or his tail went down a little here, his ears went back or actually his ears went forward there. Yep. And then a scuffle really broke out <laughs> yep. then, or for another dog might be like going way back. And so you can actually see that and you're not looking after your own dog at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really good place to go. And like, actually, if you're really into this, mm-hmm. like to go do that, because you will learn a lot from that. Yeah. Combined with like watching stuff online. There's lots of good resources out there. Absolutely. And so, you know, not to suggest that comments on the internet reflect views of like proportion wise no, reflect so. the views of people in public because mm-hmm. I that would I hope not yeah <laughs> I don't I'm, and I when you get two million views on a video it's like unfortunately like sort of it attracts polarization polarization so, and yeah. just louder voices usually but it was a, I think it's a good thing to talk through because again we just see it play out in other ways with dogs yeah I know this to be true because I've had dogs my whole life You know, it's, we just sort of can approach things that way. But I think the other thing, especially with those second two types of comments, and Brian, you started to touch on this a little bit as well, is just as a dog owner, being aware that there are people moving through the world who have both sets of those views. I know what I know. 
And I know that greeting dogs this way is okay. So even if someone tells me otherwise, I'm going to still try to do what I do and what I'm comfortable with and what has quote unquote worked for me. And there's other people who just may not care a ton. Right. And so it's really important. And I know you started to say this as like, we talk about this with our, our entire teams, but I think this is something we stress with our, our care team, like backbone of instinct at anywhere there's an instinct facility or canine care team members is we are looking to hire dog advocates, not necessarily dog lovers. Yes. And so as a dog owner, embrace being a dog advocate. And that means I'm going to show up for my dog and do what needs to be done to make sure that they feel safe and comfortable and have a good experience today as best I can, you know, with what's in my control. So, you know, shedding some of that pressure we put on ourselves to just kind of avoid social conflict or confrontation or just discomfort by telling someone, Hey, don't do that. Or, Hey, my dog needs space. Yeah. I always say the easiest thing to do that if you're not super comfortable telling someone, no, don't do that is just act like you're really invested in talking with your dog and walk away. <laughs> right? Like just be like, Oh, hi, Mosey. You look so cute today. Let's go, buddy. Good job. And don't even look at the person. Yeah. They're just like, Oh, yeah. She was really into training her dog right now. You know, you don't even have to acknowledge them. Yeah. Just put all your focus on your dog and create some space. Yeah. If whenever that's an option. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's sort of like there's a difference between somebody playing with your dog or playing with your dog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know we talk about that different times. It's sort of like, are they a plaything or are they a playmate? You know, playmate means we're playing together and we're having a good time. Right. Plaything means you're there for me to, yeah. you know, have fun with. Yeah. And I don't really care how you feel. Yeah. And I think for me, that's like a lot of times, like even with my own dogs, when I look at stuff, it's like, are people actually trying to engage with my dog? Because if so, you can say, oh, like they actually like to do this mm-hmm. or like you can like redirect them. You don't have to get into like not doing stuff. A yep. lot of times you say, hey, they really like scratches behind the ears mm-hmm. or they really like playing fetch aid. You want to throw in his ball for him? Oh, yeah, sure. Like you can just kind of redirect people because they're actually sincerely trying to engage with the dog and yes. you don't have to turn it into a lecture. Mm-mm. Right. But if you see someone who's like playing with your dog and like kind of purposely tormenting them or trying yeah. to get a rise out of them, sounds like someone giving like noogies or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there's really been many people who've gotten noogies who've enjoyed it. No. Right. It's usually the bully who's giving the noogies that it's enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what it looks like to me. And like, that's sort of my thing. If someone's trying to just playing with my dog, like they're a thing, it's like, okay, it's like time to stop. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, thought it'd be fun and worthwhile to go through that. uh, The response to that video just as it relates to sort of broader topic of our understanding of dogs and the different reactions that can bring when we're confronted with information that's different than maybe what beliefs we've held in the past yeah but uh yeah so that kicks off the first of our mini episodes and looking forward to doing more all right see you soon see you next time